Welcome to Adama Stars, Naked Truths. My name is Junior and I'm a filmmaker, an entrepreneur, a husband to an amazing wife and a father of two wonderful children. The purpose of this podcast is to share my and other people's life experiences to help equip us with the tools necessary to get through trauma. Hello, and thank you for tuning back in. So it has been a very interesting week. Um, over the weekend, had this reunion you know, with some of my, the people that I went to university with. And it was very, it was very surreal. You know, it was kind of random as well because it was, it was, there wasn't much notice to it. But it was, it was a very beautiful moment, very surreal at the same time. And the reason why I say that is because it felt like we were the children of old for a moment, yet so much space and life had happened in between the point in which we last met and, and to now, even though a few of us have bumped into each other, it was just really nice being back to a time whereby things didn't mean as much as they do now, because everything was anew. We were in a state of excitement, you know, um, everything was, you know, new, everything was, you know, the first. So it, it was a very different time. And it was great because we were able to really just speak so much more maturely without that fear of rejection. And it was, it was, it was a really beautiful moment, you know, you know, and majority of us were guys and we were open up and it was like, oh snap, like we're going here. You know, it was, it was, it was a really beautiful moment, you know, a really beautiful moment and just reminded me in how important it is to be genuine, be who you are and embrace sometimes, you know, the, the unfamiliar, the unknown, and that makes life beautiful. You know, when everything is known, too much of it is in your control and not enough of it is based is, is in the control of the universe or God or whoever you want to kind of believe in, you know, and to me that, that changes the chemistry, the connection with life. Um, but you know, side, no sidetracking, um, today I want to talk about kind of all connected. My title today is called the deep blue. And, you know, I, I was recently reading a book by Carl Newport. It's called Deep Work. And the premise of it is all about moving away from the superficial. You know, you know, we live in an age whereby everything is urgent. You know, everything's urgent. You know, someone sends you a message, you have to reply straight away. There's, there's so much stimuli, there's so many things happening and it demands your response now, 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 now. And, but the quality and the depth of our work is not the same as it was, let's say of a time whereby there was less stimuli. And this is all relative to a certain extent. 
um, to the point where by now, you know, after reading a book, it, it talks about moving away from, you know, the, the superficial and urgent to the deep and important. And what he was referring to was the ability to now base your life on values rather than um, stimuli. And that was a big eye opener, you know, because we're so now, we're so busy, but, you know, does that busyness refer or relate to true happiness? And, and a lot of times it, it doesn't because we're busy for the wrong reasons and we're, we're busy doing things that sometimes align itself to other people's happiness and appeasement of others rather than the discovery and acceptance and the walking of who we are and what we are and how we've been called and who has called us, right? And shifting the mind away from or cutting, cutting the distractions and cutting the noise, blocking the noise and unplugging oneself from all that stimuli allows one to discover their truest, deepest self. So, you know, when I was reading this book, I was like, yo, this book is dope. This is, this is, this is a real good book. It, Cause you know, it talked about the, uh, you know, the skilled uh, artisan, you know, and the person who was a master of their craft, you know, and now we, we ha we're surrounded by people who can, who are great journalists, you know, they could do a bit of that, a bit of that, but they're not a master, not a craftsman, right? This book really dwells on being a craftsman and which I like so much because, you know, it, it kind of opened my eyes to taking pride in what you do, especially what you spend a lot of your time, you know, your days of weeks, months, years, your life doing, taking more pride than it, than just a thing that you do to receive coin to pay for other things that you would rather do. And so it, it really just changed, it helped me change my perspective. And then, you know, one of um, my friends, you know, I spoke to uh, the other day, Kajob, and, you know, he's a, a DLP, you know, director of photography in the film world. We went to uni together, and, you know, over the years we've caught up, he's evolved. He's, you know, he was a, uh, a focus puller and now he's, you know, now he stepped up to, to DP and he's doing, you know, really well and really happy for him. And, you know, we were just, just having this moment, you know, when we were on this reunion and we were just, you know, just catching up. And, you know, he, he was telling me about you know, the Japanese culture because, he you know, he just came back from Tokyo not too long ago. And he was just telling me about the culture and how they take pride in the smallest things. And so when you, you go to places or certain parts of Tokyo, you, you see a lot of, well, Japan as a whole, but you see a lot of order. You see a lot of perfection. You see a lot of, a lot of artistry that is linked to people doing the mundane so well and taking so much pride in the presentation and the 
doing of everything because everything has weight, has importance. So, and that, that kind of really got me thinking. And so this kind of triggered this whole, the deep blue, you know, cause you know, uh, um, but anyway, the three main areas that I really want to talk about. Number one, building a hedge. Number two, thinking generationally. And three, everything changes. So get used to being uncomfortable. So number one, building a hedge. And you know, for a long time, you know, I, I, I didn't really understand the idea of building a hedge, you know, or why it was important. And then you know, over the years, as I started to understand and read more about investing and, you know, sometimes you think it's about making money and yes, predominantly, but what precedes it also is how to protect your investments. Cause there's no point in even, in, like, even, even, even in life, you know, you have a, a job and you know, you work so hard and then you look at yourself, you look at your account or what you've amassed over a certain period of time. You say, what, where's it all gone? What have I done with it? And the mindset was never to secure. It was always to spend. And so taking on the investment mindset teaches you how to safeguard and, you know, put things that will protect certain pots from yourself or from bad, you know, deconstructive habits so that at that moment, when you, you know, you, you're in your, 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 your time of need, you have various pots that can protect you. And it's not just finances. It's also, it's about relationships. It's also about, you know, things of high value, you know, um, you know, so recently because children now and family, I'm at that stage of life, you know, I had to get life insurance. I had to get all these other stuff. Like I did a will, I mean, like, yo, I did a will. It's like, this is what my life it's it's on one piece of paper. It's like, oh my gosh. And it was a, it was a really emotionally draining process because it, it, it really just, I had to really think very not morbid, but very, very detached. I had to think about something beyond just me, you know, and I had to, and you know, now I'm at that place where, but now I have to protect and invest in a very particular way to ensure that I'm safeguarding, I'm putting that hedge of protection around my family, ensuring that my children have that opportunity to be all that they can rather than be limited because of my, my limited mindset. And, you know, even like my relationship with my wife, you know, especially over the last couple of years, I've, I've had to really, or well, year, last year in particular, I've had to really say, I just stepped back, I had to plug myself out of the noise of life and say, this is the person that I fell in love with and no one else matters. And putting a hedge, the ugliest looking scaffold around our relationship. So from the outside, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, they or that person or me or whatever doesn't look attractive. But to my wife, that's all that matters. She sees the true beauty, you know, and only those that can, 
you know, get beyond the scaffold can actually see, oh, wow, there's actually a masterpiece behind the scaffold. The scaffold was just a guy is protecting it from the, sometimes the muck from the, the outside world. And if we just, if we did help allow me to appreciate my wife more when I was able to put that hedge up and prior to that hedge, it was like, everything was getting merged. You know, it was like, I see someone and I said, and I said, oh, okay, oh, but why can't you be like more like this? And why can't you be more like that? And it was like, what I was doing is I wasn't protecting the beauty that I had, but what I was doing, I was allowing the superficial beauty of the world and of others to interfere and merge and overshadow the beauty that I truly had. You know, there's many stones, you know, I talked about in one of my other podcasts, I talked about stones and gems and there's plenty of stones. And sometimes those stones can even, you know, glimmer sometimes, right? But they're all stones. And when you have a precious gem, you have to protect it. But if you treat it like a stone, you will never be able to appreciate the, the magnitude and the majesty of what you've been blessed with. And so only when I started putting this hedge, did I realize, wait, this, this person, this, there's so much in this person. This person is beautiful. This person is sexy. This person is spiritual. This person is actually all that I ever needed, but I had to get to that place whereby I have to protect my own in order for me to understand and benefit from the beauty rather than squandering it. And I realized that, oh, wait, snap, I had that, but because I didn't maintain it, I didn't secure it, it slipped out my hand and I lost something that potentially I could never get back again. And so I've taken that mindset of you know, from investing and managing businesses um, and so forth to actually saying, okay, I need to now protect every aspect of my life, even my health. Like, like when it comes to my health, I, I can't mess about. To me, it's like, I'm going to, I can't impair this temple that needs to be the most efficient and, and healthiest version that it can be in order to take the mind where it needs to go. Because this mind can go so much further, but then if my health, you know, is not on point, what am I going to do? I'm going to prohibit my ability to attain the things that have been placed within me. And so I've had to put a, a hedge around my health. You know, you know, I've everybody's different, but for me, you know, I have a strict diet, and within reason, you know, I don't overeat anymore. I uh, I don't have too many treats and all this stuff. Like I have a, a regime, you know, it's loose, but I have a regime that allows me to now protect what I've worked hard to create. And again, that's not just confined to health or my finances or my relationship. Again, every aspect of my life. And the more I continue to put a, a hedge around things of value, the more 
the worth of those increase. And the more it changes my, the ponderings and the, the energy of my mind to those things. So now if, if they doesn't, if they don't have a hedge of protection around them, it means I don't have them or hold them in high value. So some of my friends, you know, so like the, the godparents of our children, there's so much love for them. Like I've let them are brothers and sisters. Like there's a, there's a lot of love, you know, and they go, you know, beyond, you know, they go the extra mile, they go beyond to ensure that our kids are great. You know, sometimes, you know, me and my wife, you know, we need to have a moment or we need to go and it's like, they've got us. And so like when they need anything, yo, I'm, I'm taking time out of my, if I have to cancel a couple of days at work, just to make sure that I can be there for them. Oh, it's happening. Am I going to do that for everybody? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. You know, because they've, they've proven themselves years, you know, for, for, for several years to be people of integrity, people of value. And when you find good things, you have to protect it. Cause if you don't, they will dissipate. They will go, they will become something or someone else's. And when you have a good thing, keep it, keep good things around you because those good things will enable you to achieve great things. But if you don't appreciate and protect the things of value, then you will never have anything substantial. You know, even like my relationship with my, my, my auntie, who's, who's my mother, right? She, she brought me up. She, she, no one comes in between that. Like she, I've got my aunties like, like, yeah, there's no question about it. And I have to protect that by making sure that I'm the best version of myself so that I never get to that place whereby I have to now put pressure on my auntie to do this and do that. And, you know, I know a lot of my brothers and sisters and siblings and family members, they depend upon my auntie a lot, even, you know, in, in their older ages, I'm like, yo, like you're grown, like you should be independent now. Like, why do you keep on going back home and putting stress on their mom or my auntie, however you want to look at it. Um, and I was like, the more I can be the better version of myself, the more I can now be a blessing to my auntie. So now I go, when I go to my auntie's house, I was like, yo, what do you need? Like, no, I'm not going to take from you because you've given me so much life. And so the best way for me to honor you is by being the best version of myself. I'm putting a protection around this relationship and ensuring that I'm honoring you through my success. I'm honoring you through my obedience, through my ability to be the best adopted son that I can be. Um, and so when I'm talking about putting a hedge around things, it's more about understanding the things of value in your life. Number two, thinking generationally. Now, this doesn't have to pertain to necessarily kids. You know, even though for me, having children has been a big, has impacted me a, a lot. But what I think what precedes that is this desire to be remembered, you know, to, to have a legacy so that, you know, the things that you have done, the time that you've been fortunate to have, 
on this earth has mattered to somebody other than yourself. And so when your time is up, people can still benefit from your labor, your understanding, your, your love, your devotion, your commitment, you know, what you gave to the world. And for me, it's enabled me to work more powerfully, work more diligently, more honorably. So now I'm, I'm not just turning up I'm like, yeah, okay. Yes, I, I'm, I'm, I work and I, I get paid, but that's not why I'm working. That's a byproduct of being successful by being value. You know, the more value you bring, the more people honor you or they should honor you for that value, for that skill set, for that commitment, that devotion, right? And for me, it's more, okay, cool, Junior, stop thinking about just yourself. Stop thinking about, oh, what you're going to get. Think, think about now how you can serve people other than yourself, how you can give more like, you know, cause we've all been given one talent, 10 talents, you know, we've all been given different talents. Right. And to me, I have to honor what I've been given by multiplying it. I can't just come back with what I've been given for me. That's dishonorable. And so my, by me thinking generationally, what I've done, I've, I've made other people who've been given other talents also leverage upon the knowledge that has been placed within me or that I've cultivated. And, and so that now they can multiply and they become more. So like I'm, I'm, I'm a product of all the books that I've read and all the great people that I've met and blessed and been fortunate to listen and learn from. Without those people, I'd be half, maybe, well, I'd definitely be less of the person that I am today because I'm an amalgamation of all these different mindsets, attitudes, uh, approaches to life. And it's been a humbling experience because it's enabled me to really appreciate education, appreciate knowledge, appreciate the beauty that people store, the, the power that is in people's stories. And through taking the time to listen to others and to read and just become more than I could be without that knowledge has really humbled me in thinking about, oh, it's important to give. Like we, I like, I, well, for me personally, it's like, yo, I, I've got to give, I've got to leave something that goes beyond just about junior, you know, I want to leave a legacy, but that legacy is not, it's this legacy is to help others become more, you know, and even that was in the premise of this, this podcast. And if I could help one person, you know, get through a difficult moment because I've, gone through difficult moments. I've gone through traumatic events in, you know, when I was, you know, throughout life. And so sharing those tools and how I've kind of gone through it and just sharing my story and my experiences. And now I'm at that point whereby people have heard those and they've reached out to me and said, Junior, can we have a conversation? And so, so, you know, what I'm working on right now is a whole heap of content, you know, of based upon conversations that I'm having with other people that also want to share their story and what they've been through and connecting with people like that has been a beautiful journey. But now all this, 
this to me this is my legacy it's now i leave it to my children so they can now have that wealth of knowledge to say ah this is how we can become more and just that mindset in terms of thinking generationally has just changed the intensity the quality and the way in which or the things in which i i'm i ponder upon that i meditate upon that i take in that i consume out of the it says out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks and so i have to be careful the abundance that i allow to dwell within me and the more i can now again put a hedge around things of high value and think beyond just myself the more i can live a more powerful sacrificial life that becomes a blessing to all and number three everything changes so get comfortable with it now i was told or well, heard uh, a quote you know if you're anxious it's usually about you know uh you know something that hasn't happened you know so the the, the future and if you're depressed it's usually because of something that has happened in the past which you have no control over but what those two things don't do is address being present and being present is the only place the only time in life that matters because the more present and the more connected you are in this current moment the more you're able to transform and dictate how your within reason how your future becomes and how you can rewrite the script from and as well as leverage but rewrite the script from the past in which you have experienced and so the power is in being present and learning how to embrace the the uncertainty of things you know and um for a long time you know i had to i worked really hard so i remember when i was young i used to work like crazy hours because i had to know for sure that this is coming in this is coming in this i'm doing that this and, and then i then i met my wife right you know and i realized i couldn't work in the same capacity so i had to close everything down i had to I had employees working for me and i had to really just say you know what let's start again you know let me start in a different place and and, and it was vital in order for me to have the mind space in order for our relationship to blossom and for us to be where we are today and what it enabled me to do is really just detach myself from my current circumstances and actually just be still because you know you know usually when you're when you're when you want to attain something it's like you're always searching you're always pushing you're always um you want to attain something right so there's there's constant movement but within that constant movement life can't truly allow you to be all that you've called to be because you're getting your own way and then this is not in every circumstances but i found that that the more i labored even though i like to work hard and i believe in hard work but what perceives that is smarter work 
So it says a dull axe requires much strength, but wisdom brings forth success. And I can approach life, you know, in terms of just plowing away, hitting that tree with that, that dull axe, but that's not what's going to bring forth the greatest success in my life. And the more sharpened my hands and my mind become, the more I'm able to now leverage the, like when Napoleon Hill says, you know, leverage the, you can, you can attain more in, in one lifetime than you could do without it by leveraging the knowledge, expertise, wealth, um, and time of other people. Uh, and so because of that, now one and one doesn't equal to two, it equals to a compounding effect based upon whatever you want to attain. So that really changed my mind in terms of, whoa, rather than just thinking that my hard work is going to be, you know, the, you know, my saving grace, even though working hard is just, just makes sense, right? In, in order for you to attain certain things, but ensuring that your work, your work, your, sorry, your working in accordance to the, the vision and zeal that's been placed within you is vital. And so I had to get comfortable in not necessarily knowing everything, but having greater confidence in everything. And the more confidence I had in myself, the less confidence I needed to have in my labor. And it may sound counterintuitive, you know, so you know, I went for a place where I was working really hard, you know, prior to me being married. And now I got married and I work literally my, my work rate diminished work ethic didn't diminish, but my work, the amount of work labor that I was doing went from, let's say 80, no, hundred percent. I was overworking. So 110% to now I'm only laboring as hard, maybe 40%, but yet the rewards or the gains was 300%. I was like, what was happening here? Because now I had to shift. I couldn't work in the same capacity in, in order to make my relationship something that I I valued to a high level. I couldn't do both honorably. And so now I had to work and leverage the skills and knowledge and expertise of others to enable me to still have, if not more, greater success than if I did otherwise. And it really did change my mind in terms of trying to control everything, you know, and it's like a river, you know, when you, you put a, you know, a river, it has its, its current. And sometimes you just have to go with the current because, you know, you spend, sometimes we spend, we, we treat life like a river whereby we're trying to force life this way and force life, but life is going one way. And sometimes it may change and go to the direction that you want. Great. But sometimes it doesn't. And, but that's not the problem. The problem is when you say, because of the current, it is prohibiting me from going or attaining what I need to do, rather than using that current and that momentum to meander where you need to go. So sometimes it, the, the, the direct way is not necessarily that possible. You, sometimes you have to go a long about way. And that mystery and that ability to be flexible enables you to attain things 
without you getting in your own way. Because sometimes we have a plan. I have a plan. I have loads of plans. I'm a, I'm a big planner, right? Um, I believe that I need to honor the thing that's been placed in between my eyes and have a plan. Even if it's not a great plan, a plan is still a plan. And it's showing that I have some sort of direction. But at the same time, sometimes I've got to use my heart. Sometimes I've got to say, this plan is just a guide. And when something else comes that aligns itself to fulfilling the same vision, but more effortlessly or in a very unconventional way, if it makes more sense, am I going to confine myself to that plan? Like, well, no, because there could be something better, you know, out for me, or there could be something whereby if I do that will enable me to attain something a lot more effortlessly than than I did otherwise. So, you know, I remember before, you know, I was in this relationship with this other person and we weren't in a relationship, we are just friends, but it was very complicated. Mm, don't know why. But anyway, but it was just drama upon drama upon drama. And it took a long time for me to let go of that drama in able, to enable me to have the beautiful fruit that I have right now, the beautiful person that I have right now. And, and if it wasn't for letting go and saying, do you know what? I don't know what the future is going to, it's going to hold, but I have this plan. I've got this idea of the type of person that I want or the type of person I want to be. And the combination of that, you know, is what I believe will make me happy. Now, I didn't know how that was going to happen or when that was going to happen. And for a long time, I actually kind of doubted it, right? But then everything happens in, in, in the, the right season and the right time. And when I met my wife, it was like, oh, wow. Yeah, this just makes sense, right? And it was effortless. Our connection was, was magical, right? And, and because of that connection, it helped, it helped me really just put things in perspective in terms of it's not important to know everything. What's important is for you to be at that place whereby you can receive everything. Being a, a receptor to the positive things that align itself to the, to the fulfillment of the vision that's been placed within you is more important than attending and doing everything exactly to what you put down on paper. And even though I'm, I'm a great believer of the plan, at the same time, just being flexible removes the need to be anxious. It moves depression because of maybe past hurts or past failures. And what it is is that you can just be still, still and just know, know that what will be, will be, and as long as I've done everything to shop in both my hand and my mind, I should have success. Now, not everything is a, a set rule, a set, a set law, but it's more the, the attitude in terms of don't try to fight for something that should be already yours if it's genuine and if it's from within, because it's already yours. Just being everything that you need to be and adapting or adopting the, the mindset, the spirit of the thing that you want to apprehend prior to it is very important. So, you know, before, in order for me to become a camera operator, I went from light into camera. I had to apprehend the attitude and the, the mindset and the spirit of 
operator, a camera operator, right? I had to really just start thinking cameras. I had to start thinking framing and start thinking about how to tell the story in a very creative way and how important movement is in dancing between talent and telling the story in a way that sometimes hasn't been told like that before. And once that connection gelled, once there was an alignment, right? There was no longer, there's like a there's like African proverb. Um, it says like a, a man that's double-minded is a monster, right? Because he's got two heads going to different places. The more you can kind of align yourself to beauty and oneness, the more you're able to elevate and truly just walk. And it's a very, it's a very weird sensation, a bit like enlightenment or whatever you want to call it. But for me, it was just more about being still and know that it is like you are, like you are whatever you need to be. And the more you strive to be it, the more you, the further you go away from it, because you now you move from a place whereby there's oneness to now a place whereby you objectify it. So now there's two different things, one that doesn't believe and one that does believe. And where you want to be is a place whereby it just is, you know, I don't question my myself. And so the less question I do have for myself, the more I'm able to now walk in harmony. And that's a beautiful place for me. And again, that that's all kind of aids this whole, I'm no longer thinking about the future. I plan for the future. I'm no longer dwelling on the past. Yes, I do, you know, look back and, you know, reflect. But the only thing that matters is the present. And the more I can focus and stay present, the more I'm able to really just live the best version of myself. So to conclude, being happier with less has been a strange joy. Needing less to truly make me happy has motivated me in moving away from the superficial that is always urgent, you know, and now moving to the deep, which is always important. This has led me to view life through my values and has resulted in me in having more focused attention. There's a saying that goes, nothing real can be threatened. Yet things only become valuable when we acknowledge its true place in our lives. And the more I respect all aspects of my life, the more that everything that I do matters. As everything that I do is aligned with the creating of the ultimate masterpiece, which is my life and everyone's life in their own perspective. In order for me to achieve a state of stillness, I've had to speak and connect with others, you know, really get to know people, especially my brothers. I've had to meditate in silence. I've had to unplug myself from the intensity of, you know, work, life, duty, responsibility. I've had to become like a child again and learn how to play, live in life without fear. And I had to get back to basics and reminding myself why I initially started everything. You know, like, you know, the, you know, once upon a time, I wanted to be this. 
because of X, Y, and Z. And it's getting to that place whereby you remind yourself that it was all about that. And that's what I need to get back to because that's when the thoughts were pure. I have found that making time for these things have deepened my resolve and allowed me to win battles before I've even taken one step. Also it has empowered me to be more flexible and unafraid of the unknown as what's known is truly all I need to know, which is that I am all that I need to be in this moment of time. Tomorrow doesn't exist and yesterday is dead. The unknown has no significance barring that it's exciting as the power of fear has now become replaced with the power of faith, love, and a sound mind. Thank you for listening. And that brings me to the end of this part of this episode. I hope it has helped someone, even if it's just one person, keep on fighting. Please send me your messages as it will be great to hear your thoughts on similar battles and grow together. Thank you.